0: How's it going? It's Chet. Chet Zar. Here with another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. I believe this is episode 196. Today I interview Adam Doherty, a.k.a. Creature Kid with a K. Super talented, amazing artist. Been a big fan of his for a long time. He is uh, an interesting guy, definitely like a child prodigy um, when he was a child, as you will hear in his uh, life story that we talk about. Um, Unfortunately, about 36 minutes in, my call recorder software stopped, and I caught it maybe 15 minutes after that so there's a big chunk missing of us talking and it just kind of comes back in when we uh, you'll 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 notice it I think we were just mostly talking about Patreon because we were talking a lot about trying to make a living because he um you know recently quit the movie business like me and went out on his own I think he will have no problem with that You'll, you'll hear, you'll see his stuff and you'll go, oh yeah, he's awesome. Okay. Someone keeps messaging me and it makes a sound that I can hear in my headphones and it's annoying. Okay. So, um, yeah, so that's coming up. I am going to, uh, let's see what has been going on. Not much has been going on. I've been dealing with puzzles, um, babysat, uh, uh, some puppies this weekend for a friend. That was interesting. That was fun and uh just drawing up these puzzles and mailing them out and i got them pretty much done so that's a good feeling now i'm on to finishing these pen and ink drawings for the dystopia book and uh then i got some paintings to do i got a couple shows i'm in i got one announcement that's like a personal thing for me that's kind of cool but but it's not not out there yet it's not that big really but it's it's cool it's cool because um it's it's cool it's a cool thing (laughs) i'm not gonna say anymore never mind um uh let's see uh yeah okay so let's get on with the the new subscribers subscribers you know it's been doing pretty well we've been doing well um it's, it's seems like it's growing pretty quickly so uh, maybe that's because you folks are sharing the podcast that that's always appreciated trying to get the word out and um yeah so getting get, trying to get the word out to as many people as possible and uh I'm still trying to line up some more podcasts to do to promote this podcast promote the dark art society in general so I'll let you know on those um, yeah, okay. so yeah, if you want to uh, support the podcast, you can join the dark Art Society patreon and that is at patreoncom Art society and that's that this keeps the ball rolling, keeps the podcast going is your support because we don't have many um, sponsor sponsors or anything like that. So you make it happen. Now according to Randall B Perkins the keeper of the new subscriber list um he said that wub dub dub wub person was last but i think maybe they changed their name because i don't see that on my list of new subscribers so i'm going to start with David Hernan even though i may have said these um Last week. I gotta start somewhere. Okay, so David Hernan, thank you. Rachel Levine or Levine, thank you, Rachel. Uh Carlos Ochoa. Much appreciated. Uh here's a deletion. Danny Everett. Thank you, Danny. Uh M C. Duante, I think maybe changed his card because he was uh joined before and then cancelled and I think he maybe fixed his pledge or something, but hey, thank you, Um, and finally, Jacob Thaxton, thank you for joining, much appreciated, you make it happen, you support the podcast, without your support, I wouldn't be able to do it, so um, I think that's it, it's kind of a boring uh, intro this week, Uh, let's do a a synesthesia word of the week, Um, let me see, you know, let's do Jacob. It's mostly names, but it's also words. Uh for those of you who are, are new to the podcast, I'm trying to start this Oh, Wendy Gadzuck. I gotta remember that. Okay, before I do the synesthesia word of the week. The uh the the, the 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 documentary I recommended, um uh The Witch of King's Cross, I think it was called. I recommended it last week, I believe. And it was Wendy Gadzook from the Dark Arts Society who recommended that initially and I forgot that it was her. So sorry about that Wendy. Thank you for recommending it. It's a really great documentary. Okay. Well, I mean, it's a, the documentary is good. Her artwork is amazing. Um I forgot her name again. Uh, anyway, The Witch of King's Cross. She's amazing. The the woman in that the, the artist. Okay, so uh What was I doing? I was going to say something. Now I forgot the other thing I was going to say. Okay, Wendy. Damn it. Okay, let me think a second. I'll I'll, I'll remember. Um, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. Um, Okay, I said all the names of the new subscribers. Oh, synesthesia, word of the week. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, I'm sure most of you know if you listen to this podcast. I used to do a synesthesia word of the week way back. And that is because I have synesthesia, uh, gastrolexical synesthesia, I think it's called. And um, it's where words and mostly names of people have flavors associated in my twisted brain. And um, it's just a thing I've been doing all my life and didn't realize it until I was probably in my 30s. I remember the day I realized it. I was like, that is weird. I just assumed everybody, you know, had had flavors associated with names. It's really bizarre. Anyway, we're going to do Jacob since Jacob Thaxton is the last um, new subscriber. And Jacob is a very strong one. Some are strong, really strong. Others are like kind of, and then some don't have a flavor. But Jacob is very, very strong, and Jacob tastes like ketchup. That's like you know, that's up there in my top synesthesia names that have strong that flavors that really are strong. Like uh, Brian tastes like bacon. You know, that's just one 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 that you could quiz me twenty years from now, and I and you know I'll, I'll you'll get the same answer for me. Um, I mean, I could pick a few in here. Danny there's Danny uh Danny Everett Danny is uh uh chocolate chips but specifically like chocolate chip pancakes um so anyway it's a weird thing it's it's mildly entertaining it has no real use in my life i wish i had like a uh um uh if it, it, it functioned in some way that it was useful um Anyway, that's it. It's really dumb. Okay, so check out this interview with Adam Doherty, a.k.a. Creature Kid. Really great stuff. Excellent, amazing, super talented artist, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello, Adam. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. I appreciate you coming on the podcast, man.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Been a fan for a while of your work. Likewise. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, you're, I first your I think the first thing I saw from you was the shock monster, which is like <laughs> it was the coolest thing ever. That was a long time ago, yeah. I know, but it was amazing. It's so it's yeah. so cool, so cool. That was a fun. Yeah, yeah, you uh you you've got a lot of amazing. Um, personal pieces. I know you've worked in the film industry for a while, but um the stuff that you've done that's just like your personal work, like the uh the the Witch Hazel and the Shock Monster, it's like these things are so awesome. It's like a um not only well executed, but the uh the choice of doing, you know, those characters is really I think very tasteful if that makes sense. You know, it's like <laughs> you could make all kinds of shit you know you can make whatever there's when you're being you know using a pop culture things from your childhood you can make all kinds of stuff that i wouldn't be interested in you know like i don't know masters of the universe or something stuff that like i'm too old for i guess the stuff uh, i missed maybe that my kids got but uh <laughs> a lot of the stuff that you do is like stuff from when i was a little kid even though it's like uh, you're obviously obviously younger than me but um just the choice you know, making that witch hazel choice. I thought was like that. When I saw that, I was like, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> you know, that somebody did that. Cause that's such a iconic thing from my childhood. You know, it's like, how, how do you, how, how are you influenced by that stuff? That's not really of your generation. Really? Uh, mostly it's from my
1: parents. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my I have older parents. Uh, so, you know, they grew up in the fifties and the sixties. So, you know, when I, finally came around they were all about showing me Looney Tunes you know my mom was showing me the Universal monster movies my mm-hmm. dad was helping me build Aurora kits because he did it when he was a kid oh, so
0: cool.
1: it's just uh, it's that you know in the the pal- influenced me yeah with the with the 50s 60s just greatness with uh, with a mix of you know just the childhood of growing up in the 90s so that's why a lot of my stuff is is you could say it's 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 very 60s feel to it, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of like that
0: 80s 90s kind of practical feel to a lot of it too. That's true. That's true. It's kind of combining those yeah. aspects of it. Um yeah, I love all, I mean that the 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 50s and really the 60s is like the heyday of all that stuff. Oh yeah. I totally. mean, I missed that. I grew, I was born in 67, so I was like a little baby for the first couple <laughs> the last few years of the 60s but um so it's like i got that stuff all the old aurora monster kits and the cave aurora caveman kits uh, prehistoric kits i got all that stuff from my brother because he's older than me so it's like i got all these hand-me-downs like the think creepy crawler, creepy crawler thing maker with the oh, hot yeah. melt vinyl
1: yeah
0: and the metal molds it's like i had all that shit but it was not really it's I, Dennis, yeah 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 so that that was that was my exposure to it. plus all the stuff was on TV by the time you know the 70s came around the early 70s all that stuff was being shown on TV and syndication you know yeah
1: yeah and they started running all the universal movies on on TV and stuff
0: yeah plus all the you know the looney Tunes like the the witch hazel uh episode of uh the the um you know all that stuff was was You know, for a kid in the 70s, it was like it was made in the 70s because they were just showing it all the time with with the stuff like Scooby-Doo that was actually being made in the 70s, you know? You know it would be a cool one to do? would be that big red... What's that? You know the one I'm talking about? The guy with the
1: hair... He The Bugs Bunny gives him the haircut. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) That would be cool. That guy would be awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's so much stuff I want to do. I just wanted to do a giant... uh, A full-size... Remember... uh, mr hyde from that episode oh, he's like yeah, and, like yeah.
0: and stuff yeah he that's is great
1: it's just a huge character that
0: would be amazing i forgot about that yeah yeah that's up there with the witch I think. yeah that i i with for that iconic status and great design mm-hmm. so you got to do that yeah right <laughs>
1: <Yeah.
0: laughs> The stuff is so expensive to make. <laughs> i know right <laughs> it's the worst Yeah, uh, you know, ideally, you you can get, if you can get, like, a single rich collector that will, like, you kind of commission you to make one of those things. Yeah,
1: that's always kind of what I'm
0: waiting for is that
1: commissions. A bucket list is I really want to do a fully, like, light-up, chrome-plated Rosie the Robot.
0: Oh, yeah. That would be
1: amazing. That I can just put in my living room and, like, her hand moves. With a little duster and her right. eye machine. That's a,
0: a, a project when I have a million dollars. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like all of these amazing <laughs> ideas are now you can do them all. You can do it all. It's just a matter of money.
1: Oh yeah. It's like the technology's
0: yeah. there, and yeah, it really wouldn't be that hard. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Wow. So, all right. Um, let's hear about your your um your childhood and, and, and how you, how you got into to art and, um, uh, your career and all of that business. I mean, were you, a, were you an art kid? I'm sure you were an art kid from the, from the earliest, your earliest oh. memories.
1: Yeah. Doing art class. I was the best in the class. Uh, you know, my, my parents were super into Halloween and would always like go all out decorating and having haunted houses and stuff. Oh, and, so cool. You know, so, like Halloween was the biggest holiday for us. And, you know, my mom would make us costumes and, she, you know, she is really creative. My dad was creative. Um, so it just kind of came from the family. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, like art class was my favorite, you know, pottery class. I just kind of sit in a corner and do my own thing while everyone was trying to make a bowl.
0: You know, <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, I made a I made a coffin and then I would do the co- uh, <laughs> I made a coffin yeah. in in uh my high, <laughs> I think it was tenth grade or ninth grade in my ceramics class I made a coffin with a little skeleton inside of it
1: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> problem,
0: right you always like they forcing you to do
1: like this one basic class and not like you know that's a very anti school guy yeah you know. right
0: yep. <laughs> We sound so far so far it sounds very similar to my childhood, so Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, I would do
1: like like I said, my, my dad was you know, he grew up in this in the sixties, so he had the model kits. So he showed me how to do model kits which led me into the garage kit world. So I was buying resin kits on ebay and asking for resin kits for Christmas and I you know, would learn how to paint and stuff. And then I'd go do, you know, me and my dad would go on road trips and go do model conventions and Wonderfest and I'd do like the kids competition for the painting category and stuff and won those a few times. And then I just kinda snowballed from there to going, Oh, I love garage kits. How do I make my own garage kit? Right. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know, a few People in the garage kit community and the monster community were like, oh, this is go buy Super Sculpey, you know, use a toothpick, use a, use a, use whatever and start figuring out. Here's how you bake it. So I kind of started playing around with that and making my own, like learning how to make a box mold and silicone and cast resins and stuff and just do my own little, like what I wanted as a garage kit, you know? Right. no. From there, I'd have like a booth. At, I started getting a booth at the ta- the conventions. You know, I like got a booth at WonderFests when I was like 15, Yeah, 14.
0: You, you were one of those child prodigy kids.
1: Yeah, I have a feeling. Was,
0: I mean, I just, it, was, it was more <laughs>
1: just as more was like a. I, uh, I really had nothing better to do, and I just <laughs> in my room making stuff. Yeah, right. Going to the movies every night.
0: A little like a, on a side note. Um, uh, I, and I know this is true for me, and um, I'm wondering how how it was for you. Uh, how was your how were you with interpersonal skills as a kid? Because I, you know, for me it was like it was easy for me to to hole up in my room and draw all the time because it was you know it's like I have my friends and stuff, but I was still super shy, painfully shy. Had a really hard time talking to people. Yeah, um, that I didn't know or, or authority figures I was very like so kind of it was like uh solitude for me to like get away from all that and just draw
1: oh yeah totally I mean that's that's the majority of it is that you don't you're you're, you're making your own little world right? right that you're in control of you're making your totally. thing you know um
0: you, so were know, you shy I, in that way also
1: I wasn't the shyest dude I mean I was pretty I was, you know, I wasn't like the shy, artsy, weird kid in school. Hmm. Uh, you know, I was pretty talkative and and uh, you know, I was more like the funny guy. I oh, was really? Foes and stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I just, uh, you know, in, in, instead of hanging out, I'd usually prefer to just sit at home and watch movies all night. You know, I don't. I'd always be a night guy. So I'd be up till like one or two in the morning Same, yeah, working and stuff. And then I'd just be dead all day during school and, you know, getting bad grades. But <laughs> it just, it, it eventually got to the point to where I was just doing terrible in school. I was, I was flunking every class. You know, there was the, those few teachers who were like, you know, like in, like in science class, they'd be like, okay, you can like make a diorama with dinosaurs and like, we'll pass you right <laughs> Just the maker guy um, that's cool. but it got to the point to where my parents saw like because because after making my own garage kits that that eventually turned into garage kit companies hiring me to sculpt for them mm-hmm. right so that was when I was around 15 16 I started getting gigs sculpting for you know garage kit companies and shipping out the sculptures to them and stuff and, and, uh, you know, slowly making money that way to where, um, that was the most important thing is getting these sculpts done, you know, getting more jobs and school was just failing. So actually my parents both encouraged me to drop out of high school. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. First, wow. I got think Of 11th grade and they were like, yeah, this is, this isn't for you. That's amazing. This, you, you fit, you figured out what you're doing now. Yeah. So, uh. Yeah, I dropped out of high school, and I spent the next, like, four years, basically, in my basement making stuff. Uh Just gradually sculpting for garage kit companies to then doing, like, licensed styrene model kits, sculpting for those companies. Wow. Then eventually, um, like, uh, doing a couple toy company gigs. And then I, I just built up this portfolio, and then it just got to the point where... I felt like I reached the max I could do in my basement, um, sculpting like like this all right, I've now worked for with the companies I wanna work for. The next step is uh move to LA and try to sculpt in movies now. So that's when I was let's see, I just turned twenty one, so that's when I was like, All right ma, packing up, I'm gonna go got my portfolio now of all my sculpting work, tiny stuff, you know, nothing any nothing big yet. It was all Small scale. So I, uh, I did the road trip and slept on some friends' floor and passed the portfolio around uh-huh. till, uh, until I landed uh, some sculpting work at uh, Studio ADI. Oh, cool. Uh, so that was the first and kind of the main shop that I've been at for pretty much since then. You know? uh,
0: yeah, that's one of the, one of the uh, places I never worked. I, yeah. I I missed a few. I missed a few shops. I don't know. It's like once you get locked into a place it's easy to get Yeah comfortable, you know.
1: Yeah, and I, I was you know, I was you know, there's there's the sculptor dudes who come and they bounce around and they're just the right. sculptor in every shop. I liked being the guy who could do sculpting and when there, there was no sculpting I was painting and the you know, no painting, mold making and, and just learning everything I could about how to do everything. Right, yeah, yeah basically just getting paid to go to school to learn how to sculpt better mold make. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's when I, uh, I showed up to ADI with my portfolio and, and they were like, yeah, it's really great. It's all tiny stuff though. You should be like going to toy companies or go to sideshow or something. So they had me doing some sculpting work, but while I was there, I wanted to prove that I could do big full size, you know, I think smaller
0: stuff's harder personally. Yeah,
1: and I knew I could do big, right. but they just need a physical a chance. Yeah, to do it. So off hours, I just put all my savings money into building that shock monster. Man, um,
0: <laughs> that showed him. <them. laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I can't do something big, huh? Here's a fucking yeah. giant shock monster. <laughs> so I did as big as I could get, all That's silicone. I
1: punched the hair, painted the whole thing. It was fun. <laughs> and then I go there. I uh, did that. So. Uh, <laughs> so that kind of cemented my, my role there as, as uh, sculpting and painting and all that stuff.
0: That's too funny. But
1: that was the big, that was the first full-size thing we were sculpting.
0: Yeah, amazing. That's, a, that's yeah. a pretty, pretty, pretty amazing job right out the gate there. So what what stuff did you work on at ADI? Um, well, that first gig they
1: gave me was I was sculpting for uh, Piercy Jackson 2. I was doing some stuff for that. Mm-hmm. Um and then over the past you know, like almost 10 years now I've been I did uh I did design work on the Predator, the Shame Blacks the Predator, uh Jurassic World 2, um the Annabelle movies, the the Nun, um a whole bunch of stuff.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But and not good.
1: Uh, it's yeah, I mean it's mostly sculpting, and then you know gradually working my way into the design room to where I was doing digital art now, and you know character concepts and stuff like that.
0: You're doing on on, uh, on set application too, though. I saw some pictures of you applying makeup prosthetics.
1: Yeah, they they sent me a couple times to just learn the ropes of being on set for Jurassic World Two. I was kind of helping. Um, uh, navigate the construction of this giant dead stegosaurus we built uh why and then um yeah i went to they sent me to uh work on a a film called the cleansing hour that was filming in uh romania for a month so they sent me there to be the the kind of makeup guy uh helping out the romanian makeup crew right on like doing makeup and applying and opening up the boxes we shipped to like show them which gag is which and which parts for what scene and stuff so that was pretty great but i've only been to set a few times
0: so do you Uh, did you like set i never liked set personally
1: yeah i mean it's fun it's fun it's it's freaking if you can get paid to travel that's the best
0: that's that's (laughs) the, the cool thing is that i never had any desire to travel really i'm a total homebody i'm not into traveling Uh, once I've done it, I'm glad I did. I think it, you know, broadens your horizons and opens your minds and shows you that all people are pretty much the same. Um, so, but I would have never just traveled on my own. Like, this is going to be good for me because I just didn't have that desire to travel. (laughs) But working in the, in the film business, it's like, that was, it paid for me to travel like to China and Italy and, you know, all over the place and all over, all over the, the, United States as well but um so it's like it kind of my job made me travel and I'm I'm glad for it but I never really would have um done it on my own but the set thing the the hours are just it's so boring it can be so boring yeah that's yeah. the thing that just is like you know, it's it's weird because it's you're, you 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 could sit there for you can sit there all day 12 hours and not do anything they just don't get to you or you could sit there for 10 hours and then all of a sudden, you got to rush and rush and get something ready, and then yeah. get it out on camera. And I don't know. Yeah. I was always like, I didn't like getting in front of the camera to do touch-ups because I was worried <laughs> someone was getting pissed off at me for getting in the shot. I just am like, personally, not. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm too. I guess I'm too shy, maybe for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was it was it was a fun experience, but um, yeah, like you, I I don't, I've never traveled just for the fun of traveling. I'm not really big on vacations because I love working. All right, same. So mm-hmm. if I can get paid to go work somewhere else and like – I, f- I f- like, like that's different because then I feel like I've earned it. Like I worked my way to go on this trip. Right. <laughs> I'm also going to work. Right, right. It's a lot different than like I'm going to take a week off of sculpting and making stuff and go just fart around somewhere. Right. Yeah, you know, I totally so- agree. But I'm a, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm a big work, worky guy. So it's hard to step away from it. Same here. You no.
0: Know? That's what I do. I mean, it's what you do. It's what we do for fun. It's true. You know? Yeah. But, Same. um. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no. go ahead. Go. No, I just, I know that, uh, yeah, keep, keep going. Because I know the story doesn't end, end there. Yeah.
1: Well, so, um, part of the going to the set's was, um, was to learn, um, just filmmaking. Right. Right. Cause, um, you know, once I got to where I'm like, all right, I've sculpted for the movies, you know, that's off the checklist. You know, I'm a big, I'm a big, uh, I don't like just settling for something like, like working in the basement, doing the model, like the small scale stuff. Mm-hmm. Once I've done like the companies I do, like I've wanted to work for, I don't want to just have that be the right. The end game just that do forever. I just immediately switched to something way, way harder. So, um, after like working on some big movies and doing the, the, the industry stuff, um, you know, during all that, I'm exploring my own style and my own characters and doing, you know, the, the personal work, the creature Mm -hmm. kids. And, um, The response to that was always way, you know. I mean, granted, it's your own work. It's just way more rewarding than your name in a movie credit, you know. Being a a like a little cog in a in this giant thing that's not yours. Being able to show like this is this is me, and like you know, express your feelings, and it's you know. Yeah, I'm
0: just I'm laughing because this is just like. You know, this comes up so often on the podcast. It's like I say this all the time, almost <laughs> word for word. <laughs> anyway, like. Yeah.
1: So. No, I mean, it's right. We're all we're all moody artists and we're expressing ourselves in our own therapeutic way of making things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's how we show the world ourselves is what we're making. So it's just rewarding. And it's, you know, people responding to it positively is people saying they like me which is makes me feel better.
0: Right. Right. So
1: I'm all like it. That's when it was, it was really like trying to express myself in different mediums out other than a sculpture that doesn't move. Like in all my sculptures, I'm trying to tell a story and in every piece, I have an entire story in my head. And you know, I was starting to finally realize that those stories aren't getting out there. Like someone looks at a sculpture of mine and they're not seeing the story I'm trying to say. Right. Kind of get some parts, but usually there's, Oh, it's a cool looking little thing there. Right. So that's when I started exploring in film and trying to do, you know, baby steps. So I, I started doing a music video to just learn how to work a camera, learn how to set up shots and do lighting and learn how to do after effects and editing final cut programs and stuff. And, And try to actually tell a visual story, you know, combining everything that I've learned in in working in films and, you know, watching movies I've loved, you know, learning different types of practical effects by doing those, which they never do in movies anymore. Like I always wanted to do a water tank puppet. No movie's going to come into a studio asking for a water tank puppet. So I wanted to do my own thing where I play with a water tank puppet. right? Right. So for a while there I was on a kick of, all right, I'm going to crank out a short film and each short film is going to be a different practical effects technique, right? So the first one was a water tank puppet and then, you know, like editing that into a scene with a real actor. You know, and then the next one was I've always wanted to do stop motion, so build a puppet, try to do stop motion, you know, and then also do a live action scene like copped into it, you know, King Kong style. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm just trying to slowly make each video more grand and a bigger story and way harder to make, um, just to, just to force myself to do something, you know, just challenge myself basically.
0: So do, do you enjoy the the process, the filmmaking process? Cause it's, a... it's, oh, it's the hardest thing <laughs> that's ever. The, that's the thing. It's like, I've got these I started when I before I even got into makeup effects, which was like around twelve, is when I started really getting into when I sculpted my first mask. Got you know,
1: and yeah, me
0: too. I was twelve. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> but but at, yeah, a very a lot of similarities. Um, but I remember around nine age nine i found my dad's super eight camera and i got really into making movies like i was making movies all the time with my friends oh. and like editing the film you know sending it off these little three yeah. three and a half minute reels <laughs> editing it and so that's what i wanted to do for the longest time and um then i be you know i've i have now i'm this painter right so i'm a fine. after have to go through effects and being a musician and all this different stuff and i ended up you know be- i'm a visual artist yeah. But but I still it's like I always think about hey, it'd be so cool to make a movie. You know, I'd love to do it. I know I could I know I could do it. I'm like a huge fan of film. I'm like looking I look at film very technically all the time. Whenever I watch a movie, yeah. I look at camera angles and composition and blah, blah, and storytelling. But then again, I'm like, do I really want to? open that can of worms because i know how insane making (laughs) insane it is and how hard it is you know i've worked on so many i've worked on a lot of things that were like uh just people getting together to make you know like the tool videos were were very like hey we're gonna make a video and you get kind of get all your friends together to make a video and it's like it's fucking great it's so such hard work And I can't even Uh, imagine being the one guy who's in charge of all that.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it's so easy now. I mean, you can make a, you know, four K video on your phone now. It's Mm -hmm. crazy. I know that's true. You know, it's just so easy, and then it's like, why not? Right? Yeah. (laughs) Nothing's more rewarding than doing something that is a nightmare to do. I mean, because like each video I do, I, I hate it. I think it's garbage, but. There's stuff in there where I'm like, wow, I can't believe I did that. That's right. really cool. One shot looked, worked really well, even though I can't watch this video and I think it's garbage. <laughs> you know, and like the second, like the first one was a bust. I mean, it, you know, my, my whole thing was, all right, you pick a song, then you eliminate having to worry about audio. Audio sucks. Eliminate that. Right, that's true. Of someone else's art that you love that inspires you to make up a visual while listening to it. And any artist, I mean, unless they're hugely famous, you can just email and they'll go, yeah, sure, use your use my song. Make a cool video for free. Right. So I was, you know, like I found an artist. I, I emailed them. I go, hey, I was pick, this is what I pictured in my head while I listened to this song. Two and a half minutes. Now I know the duration I need to make it. And I can storyboard and figure out what I can squeeze. And I know what types of techniques of of effects I want to use in that. So... It's like a, it's like figuring out a puzzle for me. Mm-hmm. And you just have you have to make it. You churn it out. You see it. And you go, oh yeah, that's what I saw in my head. That doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> I know next time I got to make something that makes a little bit more sense. Right. So the first one, it doesn't make any sense at all. It was it's like a sculpture. I had a much bigger story that you didn't really understand in that video. But I got the I got the puppets out there and I got the technique and there's some really pretty shots and I learned how to work a camera a little bit better, right. Um, so then I the next one was, you know, I missed my dog, and uh, and uh, I was listening to some weird spacey music and I was like, oh, I, was, uh, I should make a, a space pug. That'd be cute, mm-hmm. you know, stop motion. I want to do a thing, so I started the this Pugloo character, and. You know, the story in that is, I I kept it really simple this time. It's a kid playing with his dog. This is what he's imagining. And it's just a cute, just a cute kid and a dog. And then there's a spaceman and a creature, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, again, it's like three minutes of just no dialogue, just visuals. I I made everything. And uh, I don't think it was great at all. I was proud of how the stop-motion stuff came out, and I'm glad I learned how to just work a stop-motion program and stuff. Mm-hmm. For some reason, people just really enjoyed the process because I would show every single step of the way of how I was making it. Mm-hmm. And people loved that character, you know? So, like, a, a, I, I was approached by a company to get a toy made of them. Wow. People were doing fan art of them. And now, like Pug loses thing now. <laughs> just a joke. Me and my friends were joking around with of a Pug monster. That would be funny. That's hilarious. So then I go, okay. So just like sculpting, each one you are you are you're stepping up. Even though I, I see it's see it as it's it's gross. It's like the first sculpt. It's like looking back at the sculptures you did when you were twelve, and you're like, oh, that's oh. a giant bird. <laughs> <laughs> one after is getting better. So now I'm going. All right, it's just the same thing as when I was a kid. It's just I, I take it a lot more personal now that I'm an adult. Mm-hmm. I'm a lot harder on myself too because I like I'm so used to being like, oh yeah, I'm a good sculptor now, but now I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a, but I'm a crappy filmmaker. Right. I get past that, so then I could be a good filmmaker too. So, but just the from one video to the next, I saw a response. I saw. What I changed that made it a little bit better, and I saw my character development turn in, like my like my character development and my character design get a little bit better, um, and you know you put all that work out, you get rewarded in this, in a sense with with um, just doors opening or or things happening and and opportunities popping up, right? Right. So then uh, I tried to do a third one, right? Right when I finished Puglu. Um I had like a stupid little like premiere at a shop where I was like, Alright everyone come on, look at here's a, here's all the stuff I build. I'm gonna premiere it, and I press play and it's you know like I watch it and I go, Oh yeah, this is I brought these people here for a minute and a half of just stupid nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassed and I was like, oh, This is the worst, I can't watch it. But um But uh, a friend of mine asked, he goes, So what's the next project? And it and there was just something in my head. I just always thought it'd be, you know, I love jungle adventures. The first thing was, I'm, I want to do a 1930s jungle adventure. Cool. And they're like, how are you going to do that? How are you going to make a jungle adventure movie? And I go, well, it's easy. You just don't leave one area. You're, there's a jungle out there, but you're only looking at one spot. How mm-hmm. do you do that? Well, your main character is stuck in quicksand. He can't move. You can't leave your main character. So you're in a jungle but you're stuck in one spot. That's my theory. <laughs> so I'm going to try to make, that's the next one. And I got, I got so much done at concept art. I started the sculpts through the sculpts away, started more sculpts. And it just became uh, you know, this one, I was like, I'm going to do dialogue. I'm going to have actors. It's going to be 15 minutes. And then it just became this huge thing where I'm running in mud and, you know, I'm trying to do all this while I'm like having a day job. And it just, it just, uh, I got a little too carried. I got a little too carried away and not doing baby steps. You know, I was trying to, I was trying to do a leap, uh, as opposed to, uh, and like, you know, go against the grain on what was going on in my life and where I was at the moment. Just didn't pan out.
0: Was this while you were still working at ADI? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but, uh, I'm revisiting it now. That's my thing here in Colorado is, uh, is is things are lining up, you know. You know when you know when a big project, you could tell when a project isn't gonna work out. Yep. <laughs> isn't gonna work. Right, I'm gonna set this aside. I'll come back to that later because right now it doesn't want me to finish it.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, now yeah. I've had a lot of those.
1: Yeah, but then you revisit it and you mm-hmm. look at it. And you go, oh, I see everything that was wrong with it. Right. So I'm coming back at it now, and I'm and I'm and I'm really I'm really thinking it's gonna it's gonna work this time. This will be the one where I try to get a crowdfunder going. Oh, cool um, and it's gonna you know I'm thinking like ten twelve minutes maybe, and just keep it simple
0: mm-hmm
1: oh, guy stuck in quicksand. there's this evil voodoo creature um, that's uh that's like basically trapped him there
0: it's mm-hmm. like the,
1: this weird gatherer. The the practical effects technique for this short film was going to be Jim Henson-style puppets, like Labyrinth. Mm. Labyrinth in the jungle, right? In quicksand. In quicksand, yeah. <laughs> so I got I got the two Abbott and Costello characters, which are shrunken heads that are talking the whole time. Oh, excellent. Those would be hand-operated mouths with servo eyes or or upholstering eyes, like little finger-operated eyes. I'm not uh-huh. sure. So those are the two goofy characters. You got her adventure in the quicksand, and you got the terrifying voodoo creature, which, which that technique is, um, do you remember the trash witch in Labyrinth? She has the bag, her bag, like the, the back of her is filled with things she gathers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the technique of, a, of, a, of the actor in the costume of what's on the back. And then his hand is down here operating the face. Right, right, right. So it looks like a short, short creature with a big, big mound of something. Mm-hmm. Like that technique, but a little voodoo creature with a collection of trunks and barrels and coconuts all strapped to him. That's awesome. It's just,
0: yeah. you know, it's, it's,
1: it's, it's, it's stuff you don't see in movies anymore. Right. Stuff no one's going to do. And you go, well, why not? It's the coolest thing ever. Why do they just need to keep rehashing Dark Crystal or stuff that's already been done. Was doing to doing one insane. of the other billion ideas of great stuff that have never been done before.
0: I know it's just a money thing. It's like they is, if it's, if it's a known commodity, doesn't matter if it sucks, they'll make money. That's, that's why they do it. You know, I have a theory that you should only remake movies that were, not executed well but had like a kind of a kernel of a good idea or a cool idea but just done badly yeah that's those are the ones that should get remade you know ones that didn't have didn't reach their potential
1: yeah like like the like the 50s the thing and then john carpenter totally you're
0: like okay there's stuff in there yeah right right a million times better yeah right yeah yeah there's there's so many like i mean there's some really bad ones i would love to see remade that were just like so – like I like the really bad stuff, like the, tra- the total trash. But it's like there's kind of a cool idea there, in there, that, that if you kind of approached or, you know, here's a good example. Uh, did you see, see uh, Shockwaves? Have you ever seen Shockwaves?
1: I think so, a long time this, ago. The
0: zombie Nazi, underwater zombie yeah. Nazis yeah, with the goggles. I mean yeah. – visually those guys are amazing and like the concept is cool but the movie's like a piece of crap and that you (laughs) could you could totally make that nowadays take the basic idea and just do it well it would be it'd be awesome man there's so many movies like that too but also like you said there's so many ideas that just haven't been done yet and it's um you know that's what i want to see i want to see the new shit i don't want to see remakes over and over yeah
1: that's what I'm working on now and it basically I mean that's 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 caught up to where I am now is I'm still exploring that how do you be a filmmaker and how do you do awesome practical effects with no money
0: Mm -hmm. how how did you how do you did you write a script like total like formatted script and all that uh
1: yeah I have the script written I uh I mean, that's the hard part is I've already built so much of this thing. I have costumes done. I have the actors lined up. You know, I have a hundred Kickstarter perks already made, like ready to go. Wow. manas,
0: You're doing it right. You're doing it right. And this was like, you know, like I built all
1: this stuff like.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. We are recording. Okay. Everybody. I'm going to keep this in. I'm just going to cut it in like this. What happened was the stupid piece of shit software <laughs> stopped recording. 36 minutes in. So I think um, we were talking about your YouTube channel and Patreon and stuff. That's, I think, what got cut out.
1: Yeah. I mean, basically, I just all the different avenues.
0: Yeah, monetizing. Artist
1: should try to, like, make a living being an artist, pretty much, I guess, is what it boils down to, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. And, you know, I, we were talking about you having so many – 175,000 YouTube subscribers, which I when I saw that and I saw like five videos on there, I was and like, worth <laughs> the <laughs> I was like, dude, I, I mean, it's like, I'm trying to get to a thousand so I can do live streaming from my phone because they won't let you live stream from your phone unless you have a thousand subscribers. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You have to, otherwise you have to be, at least that's how it was a couple of years ago when I was trying to uh, set my channel up. And I haven't fully delved into it. So, but the, but the, you know, the the more I think about it, and we were talking about Patreon is probably, you know, I think it's a good, it yeah, would be a great I'm, vehicle I'm for me. I That is interesting. Um, because you're, you know, you've, you're, you, you've got content, um, <laughs> And my
1: friends, time. my friends always make fun of me cuz like I have a few friends who are trying to start companies of their own. Uh-huh. And they go, "You're the only guy I know who has an audience but doesn't have a freaking product." Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> have products and we can't find the audience.
0: But I'll tell you what though, man. I think YouTube could be huge for you because you're into filmmaking now. You make these cool videos. You just have to figure out these process videos you make. You know, I saw the uh I saw a couple of your videos before we did the interview. And it's like they're really well done. And again, this is what Jim McKenzie does. He's like, he'll do his sculpture that he's putting in a show and then he does a video of the creation of it. And yes, you do that too. And you like to release your sculptures with the video you're saying, like your pieces, your pieces of art. But there's gotta be a way, there's gotta be a way to do just like, you know, here's a tour of my new shop. Um, Here's my sculpting tools. He's, yeah, that's
1: a, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. And, people I want really think to see that. Jungle thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to show, I think, a YouTube channel that's, hey, guys, I'm making this jungle adventure, 1930s, puppets, scenery, full stage set, actors, never done this before. Here's the entire process from day one. Totally, man. How do I think of a story? How do I have a meeting talking this about the story?
0: This would be amazing. This would be amazing.
1: Yeah. That's I,
0: my Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's great. And and it can so, and, and it can be like every and then you know, you'll do the whole process and then yeah. you'll do the next one. Yeah. And, and start over. It's like that's people want to see that stuff, man. They want to see how it's done. So like just like yesterday
1: I bought a new GoPro. That's coming. Mm-hmm. I got I got some camera gear. Um you know, I I'm I'm at this amazing I'm I'm sharing this amazing space now with Raptor House Effects which I tell you, man. I mean, I've been in Colorado. I've been back here for two, two and a half, two months, maybe two and a half months after leaving LA. Mm-hmm.
0: And,
1: you know, at first I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna work, work out of my basement again, and freaking I could do this on my own. And it is the most depressing. I never realized how <laughs> important it is to have a place to go every day, and have creative people around you that are just fun people, positive. Mm-hmm who you just bounce ideas off of or talk about a cool, you know, old movie that, you right. you'll you know, and yeah. it really motivates you and inspires you. And just having people who are like, yeah, let's make this cool thing. Why not? Oh, yeah. 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 You know, And it took me a few months to go. Oh, yeah. This is the most important thing ever. You have a shop. You have a space. This is the creative space. This is the play video game space. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's a that's a and game. this is something I've only been in this shop now for maybe a you know, I'm about to pay my second month's like I think it's only been like two weeks, oh. but um, this three weeks has been the most like, um, the most I've gotten done towards Creature Kid in, in a long time since like the beginning of quarantine, pretty much. Um, because I mean, quarantine too really put like me in a funk on top of, I'm sure a lot of other artists, because you got everybody on, on you know the news going, this stuff is essential, art is not essential, mm-hmm. right? Kind of like, and then you really like looking at what you do, you're like what is, well what, what importance is me releasing a goofy little pumpkin guy right now? Right. When people are trying to struggle to pay their rent or find a job. And then you and then you kind of I mean, for me, at least I was going, well, this is so stupid when I'm doing this. How am I affecting anybody on just making goofy little sculptures and asking for money for them?
0: Well, so, you do OK, I, I totally hear what you're saying. But but I, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate and, and say. People need that kind of distraction and inspiration, especially during times like this. Yeah, people need to put a smile on their face. You know, they need to see cool stuff. It makes them happy. You know, so it's like it's like you don't. This is the thing. If you're following, uh, you know, what they call in in the the magical tradition of following your true will, which is like basically your life's purpose. Your life's purpose. You don't really choose your life's purpose. It's like you discover your life's purpose and then you follow that. And sometimes it's. Essential. You know, if your life's purpose is to be a doctor or a nurse, it's like this is the time for you right now to be, you know, you're you're on the front lines, you're really needed. Uh, But then it's like other people like us, it's our true will to be artists. And it's like, what? This is who we are. So, you know, we'll try and, you know, if you're worried about that, you could always do, I don't know, a charity thing or, you know, use your art in that way if you're feeling guilty or whatever. But at the same time, I feel like you know that's this is our job. This yeah. is what we're made to do, and we got to do it, even though it seems you know not uh, not not important or something. But I, uh, I I think you'd be surprised at how many people find your work important, and just from the an inspirational standpoint. And yeah. nowadays, things are so fucked up. How <laughs> you know, inspiration is like. A commodity almost. It's like, it's so valuable now when people are depressed and bummed out to see some beautiful artwork, you know?
1: Yeah. And that's what, I mean, you know, I, I definitely was in that negative mindset for quite a bit of quarantine, which sucks. I mean, it's always, but I mean, you know, I'm a moody artist dude, Mm -hmm. you know, it's what it is. But you know, after that Grunkle video on YouTube, it really kind of was like, you know, most 90% of it was positive feedback, um, seeing that amount of people enjoy my work, which is more than anybody's, you know, had eyes on something of mine.
0: Yeah. What was does your... the video do? How many you, views?
1: Uh, it's about to hit like 14 million. <laughs> Insane. Can you imagine if I had those stupid commercials up and I was, <laughs> anti- <laughs> I'm slapping you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> commercials, you and your, was... you and your goddamn artistic integrity. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't> no. <know. laughs> Now I'm going all right, I get it. I get it now. Oh man. But well, <laughs> lesson learned. But I know, right? uh, <laughs> That's amazing. 14 million views. Holy shit, man.
1: blew my mind. I mean, and I don't even know what it's just literally YouTube was like, "Oh yeah, we like that video. We'll put it on YouTube page." That's all it was. Yeah. I didn't the title sucked. It was just the making of Grunkle stand. The photo was just like me painting it. It wasn't even finished. Right. And it's just the rest of my YouTube. It's just I make a video, I throw it up there, I throw it up on Vimeo, and that's just my little video resume, basically. Right, but right. YouTube found it. You can't argue with it. Will probably never happen again. So trying to recreate that is something I'm, I'm, I'm already like giving up on. Yeah. I know if I'm a jungle movie, it's not going to be as big as Grunkle. That's, you know, that's right. What it is.
0: But the thing, you know, again, have the, have your artistic impulse be your guiding light, and yeah. trust that when some you're young, you know, sometime someday down the line, something like that's going to hit again. You know, you yeah. do great work. You, your stuff you're doing is really cool. It'll happen again. I think I think though that if you try to make it happen again is where you get screwed up because then you start like <clears throat> losing your focus on what is really, what you really love and what you really want to do. I think if you just stick, with, stay true to yourself, it'll naturally happen again.
1: Cause at first I'm like, oh, okay, I'll be the hyper realistic cartoon dude. Mm-hmm. And I'll contact freaking cartoon creators and be like, Hey, I'll do this sculpture for you. I'll let me make a YouTube video. But I just, I hate being that guy. I'm not interested in hyper-realistic cartoons. I just, I mean, I did Witch Hazel just because I love Witch Hazel. I was like, I want to see that. It'd be funny to have it in my living room. (laughs) And like Quisp. I mean, I mean. Yeah, another amazing one. Yeah, it's like an art show. And they go, this is the theme. And I go, okay, well, you know, this is the theme. And I was like, oh, well, I love Quisp cereal. He's a funny character. He'd be fun to make. So I make a Quisp. Try to sell. It doesn't sell. Now I got a Quisp in my living room. You yeah. know, it's basically you know, every piece, went. <laughs> you know? You sold your shock monster, I imagine, right? Oh, I basically gave them away. Really? my big stuff. It's way too expensive. I
0: know, I know, I know. That's why I do so many small paintings.
1: I stuff in my house. It just looks
0: cool. Right. But the, th- the thing is, eventually, your career, this, I'm telling you, this is what's happened with me. Uh, I mean, I'm not like fully, fully there yet. But what happened with me is I've made a ton, tons of work, 40 paintings a year, probably for the last 15 yes. years. And so some of them are large and expensive. And um, as my career, I, you know, becomes more, uh, I don't know, I get more popular or whatever and people will collect my work more. I've got all these paintings that never sold and now people want them and they're starting to buy them. <laughs> So it's yeah. like eventually people are going to be buying all that stuff that you have in your living room right now. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I'm also like my least fan, so like molds, I toss them. I toss everything. Yeah. I'm just so just on to the next project kind of guy.
0: Yeah, um, I am too, but then I realized when I stepped out on my own and I had to do my wanted to do my own thing, I had to be like careful about that like every every when you're an an independent artist every everything you do has value to it yeah little thumbnail sketches you know when i needed money i threw some thumbnail sketches up on ebay and made made my mortgage you know it's like thumbnail sketches studies all you got to save all that shit which is good for me because i'm like a total hoarder anyway so (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's awesome So I I, what you mentioned. I don't know if it got cut off or not, but you mentioned leaving LA um, during was it when the fires were happening?
1: Well, no, just during COVID. Oh,
0: during COVID. Okay, so we were all unemployed. Okay, so it was like (laughs) because I was wondering, you know, what it was like to make the decision. Okay, I'm I'm out of I'm getting out of the film industry basically. Yeah, but you didn't have a job, so it was easier, I guess.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, you don't have a job and rent's going up. And uh, and then you just go, I mean, I, I, you know, like I know if I put the work in and I force myself out of this comfort zone and into the uncomfortable, I can make a full-time living off doing my own thing. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, to do that, I have to do the extreme. I have to leave the area. I have to put myself to where I have zero dollars, mm-hmm. forced to pay rent, you know, here at home it's it's just way easier than being by myself in la um
0: yeah and cheaper and everything you know
1: it's cheaper but it's just you know it's just more chill you're not like racing around everywhere like la hopping on the freeways you know um it's just been really great being back and uh and, and and trying to like find that you know, because it it was to the point to where you know you're doing your eight hour days working on you know movie stuff, and then you just don't want to come home and sculpt. You want to oh, sit yeah. out and play video games all night and yeah. watch a movie. You know, Definitely. so like I know people, I am more rewarded doing my own work. I feel like people enjoy my stuff more than what I'm do, contributing to a film. Definitely. So I was like, all right, let's do this. You know. Um, and it's just been getting into that groove again of being a kid doing stuff mm-hmm. or trying to revisit like, oh, yeah, this is where – this is why I love doing this. Right. This is – you know, I make something – oh, because it makes me laugh. He's doing a funny – he's like a little creeper dude. This makes – this is funny. Right. This is what I'm like, you know. And just f- finding, you know, that inner child of why you do what you do again, which has been great. It's yeah. been really fun, you know. I mean – you know, and just, you know, I'm really into history, and I'm going to thrift stores all the time, and I'm getting inspiration from other things. I mean, most of the stuff I do now is just inspiration from, you know, previous. It's getting further and further back. Like you were saying, a lot of my stuff is 60s, Looney Tunes, and it's getting into 50s. And, and now it's like I'm doing – turn like. My little vegetable dudes. I mean, those are 1904 and 1910, and yeah, my junkster is
0: 1930. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's so cool that 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 I I saw that recently. That little pumpkin dude, that pumpkin, pumpkin. head dude. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say it's very, really really cute, <laughs> but it's really cool too. I'm cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's really really great, and you did yeah. that in, in ZBrush and uh, 3D yeah. printed.
1: Yeah, that's my new, that's my new uh, lazy way of making stuff is I don't uh, – no more hand casting and molding. I just 3D print it while I'm sleeping.
0: Wow. I just paint it and ship a 3D print. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, that's crazy.
0: I, I just I, – I have – I never – I didn't get in on the 3D printer thing because I didn't want to deal with it. It's like I, I know a lot of people, I see prints that come out like halfway done and with all – freaked out and yeah no
1: i got it down i mean you know i'm doing the form three you know i invested you know what was left of my credit card into that and uh yeah hasn't hasn't done me wrong yet that's cool that's Churning them out no failed parts yet i got six pumpkin guys ready to go it's cost
0: effective Um, to 3d print and send that as opposed to a a resin cast
1: uh he's about 24 dollars in resin Mm hmm um plus time of painting. Uh the resin, three D resin, you know, you could do it nice hollow shell. Yeah. Saving all that material.
0: It's I know people who do it, yeah.
1: Yeah. And then uh, it's actually sturdier than freaking like smooth cast three hundred or something. It's like I drop it, it'll just bounce back. You right. Know?
0: It's
1: not it's not the most fragile thing pretty amazing thing. So I mean, it's just it's saving me time physically. Right. Casting, seaming, putting, you know, filling up bubbles and crap. Pressure so pot. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done that. I've done assembly line of those and it's it's the worst. It's
0: a lot of work.
1: You know? But, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to do this, these, these small products, you know, I'm trying to build up a store of products that I could sell. When one sells, I hit print, paint it, and that will be income coming in. And then I do the crowdfunder of sorts to do the bigger film projects, mm-hmm. which I would then document and have be my YouTube and or Patreon. I'm kind of, I'm kind of thinking that now. Yeah. But I feel like if I can just do that decently, I could probably, you know, I could, I could pass by with a decent living. i think. think oh, for sure, for sure. But I'm still, I mean, I'm such a like all or nothing kind of dude. So I'm like, my whole thing is like, ah, I'm not worried about retirement, I'm not worried about health insurance cuz I'm going to get that one lotto of ticket of <laughs> get this YouTube video scene and it's going to launch my career as a filmmaker and I'll be up there, you know, making movies one day and I don't have to worry about any of this stuff. Right. <laughs> I don't really have a plan B though. Yeah. So this is another still yeah, and I'm winning the lottery here. All of these, oh, all I'll just starving artists forever. So
0: many, so many of these points have been brought up before. That's what that's Gabe Leonard. My, my friend, I told you the painter is great at business. He said, uh, that's one of his, one of the things he suggests, don't have a plan B. If you're going to try and be a fine artist. just fucking do it. <laughs> um, which is kind of funny, but yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, when I left, I, I, when I left the, the industry, I'd been working towards becoming a fine artist. Um, for seven years while working the day job wow. and, and, um, <clears throat> and then I got laid off cause I never, I hardly ever got laid off cause I'd always, you know, was valuable enough in a shop where they would keep me on. And yeah. so I did, I got laid off, you know, you know, I got laid off like at the place I was working for five, I think five years, I got laid off like, Oh, you're, you have to leave at the end of the week, you know, like no time to prepare. So I was just like, okay, I'm going to not, I'm going to leave then you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make the jump. Yeah. And did the same thing, C- cranked up my credit cards. I'm still paying, paying this stuff off, you know, <laughs> years late, 15 years later, yeah. but you know, I did what I had to do to make it work. And I somehow managed, you know, just yeah. my busted my ass, but it's, you know, it's a good, it's, it's, I, what I like about being being independent is that you kind of like, well, one of the things I like about, it, I like not having to get up and go drive through traffic and go to go, <laughs> go to a shop.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I miss my friends in the business. I miss you know sitting around making monsters with people. That was fun, but the driving was a big part of it. I didn't want to deal with because I live outside of LA, oh, I know, like okay. forty five minutes. So like. You know, forty-minute drive is not bad, but an hour and a half drive is bad, or a two-hour drive when traffic is bad is enough to like make you want to kill yourself. Yeah. But um, uh, I like the fact that one of the things I like is that you you kind of fail or succeed on your own merits. You know, you're not depending on whether the movie's going to be good, or because on a on, on when you're working, like you said, kind of the co- cog in the machine kind of thing you're depending on everybody else to do this kick-ass job and make this great movie so that your thing really shines in the movie and you yeah. can feel like, ah, oh, I feel good about working on that movie. Whereas, you know, so often you put, put so much into it. And then the movie just is a piece of shit and it's just feel like you wasted, you know, especially yeah. when you, when you get to that point where it's like, you're not really, you're not getting uh you don't need the, the credits. For your career you don't need the you don't need the pictures for your portfolio anymore you're established you know yeah. what i mean yeah and then at that point i was just like i'm just trying to get out so i got out made it work you yeah. can you'll totally do it i got no doubt
1: yeah it's yeah. just you know i mean literally it's yeah it's like you said if i fail it's because of just me me not doing
0: it but it, right. but the thing is when you don't have an when you don't have a choice you don't have a choice yeah, to fail, it's like failure is not an option, you got to make it work somehow because no one else is there's nothing you don't have any backup, so that's
1: the day I have to post a TikTok or else I fail. <laughs> <laughs> today I have to do a TikTok. I got to do it. It's, it's, it's so that's so annoying,
0: <laughs> but I mean, you could go to your shock monster and, and take your TikTok and go like, woo, 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 yeah, and then post that, and it'd probably get like 10,000 <laughs> likes or whatever. You know?
1: I, don't know. I mean, I mean, I'm still trying to figure it out, but it's that whole, you know, a, you're an artist, you got, you know, something you want to say, you got to say it. So I got to put myself in the situation of, I have to, I'm, you know, this is me full time. Everything I put out there is me trying to say something, right? About yeah. it or whatever or how I'm feeling. So it's been fun. It's hard. It's stressful and it's frustrating and you know, it's, it's, it's just getting out of your shell basically is what I'm trying to figure out doing.
0: Yeah. And also that, you know, the, the love of the, the love of what you're doing is also what pushes you to do the bullshit that you don't want to do, like post on TikTok and monetize your video and (laughs) stuff like that. It's like, you know, eventually I, I remember coming to a point where it's like, okay, I have to do all these things I do not want to do But that's the only way I'm going to be able to paint every day. And I so love paint oil painting that I'm just going to, that I have to do it even though I hate it. I have to do it because I don't have any other choice other than going back to the film business. And I just don't want to do that. So it's like, all right, I'm going to do the bullshit. I got to do all the shitty work. Yeah. And then it just forces you to do it.
1: Yeah. And then I also know, you know, it's, it's, it's not, I guess you could say it's, um, I, I believe in my work. Um, even though, you know, once I finish a piece, like, Oz is a turd, I know I could do better, you know, the next project will be better. But, um, you know, I just, I got a feeling it's gonna, I mean, as far as the filmmaking stuff, I just got a feeling the next thing will like something will come from that, Mm -hmm. whether it's a job or something. Like you know, I mean, I've only done a few so far, and each one I've gotten more and more things in return for doing that work and I just um i mean i'm 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 you know i I've always wanted to be a filmmaker, and then I got distracted with the sculpting and then the movie making, and I go, oh, I want to be an f x artist that's my career, and then I do it and I go, oh, this sucks, and I go, <laughs> oh, I want to be the next you know like Rick Baker, that's what I want to own own my own shop, and I go, oh, this is terrible, yeah, <laughs> you know. Like, or you meet these guys, these guys that you look up to, and you go, "Oh, this is not at all what I thought you were like in the, you know, Fangoria magazine or whatever." Right. You're like, "Oh, this sucks. This is really letting me down." Or the industry is dying, or you know, a lot of negativity. And then, you know, but it, it, I, I went back to my roots as when I was a kid. Is it's I want to be, you know, I want to be Steven Spielberg. I want to be a filmmaker. I want to make those movies. You know, those are, that's what I want to do. And then, um. You know the the, uh, the you know my work led me to meet like some of my idol idols that I never even thought I could meet. You know like um like I, I, you know Guillermo yeah you've got to work for Guillermo and I met Guillermo and um like the most inspirational dude and I was like who would have thought in a million years me sculpting would lead me to meeting you know like one of my idols that I even think I could meet you know, right, yeah, yeah. like saying. And then, you know, he threw my, my little tooth fairy queen in the, in the LACMA show. And I was like, this is the craziest thing ever. I'm oh, now in cool. a, this is wild. And I go, this is who I want to be when I grow up, you know, right. I want to be positive dudes who are just supporting artists and who are, who are like, you know, like it, it, it wouldn't even cross in my mind that I could like, like, you know, like in my world of, of doing effects in the movies, I was like, oh, you know, the peak is like being a shop owner, right? And then I meet these guys, and I go, whoa, this is this is a whole new thing here. This is crazy. And I didn't even thought those worlds weren't inter- intertwined, but look at it's kind of it's getting there. And I and then and then some of the last movies I worked on at the studio, um, like I was I was working on the jungle thing and I was playing with the idea of this Kickstarter, and then for some weird reason, two movies at the same time came into the shop, and they were both Kickstarter-funded short films. Oh, wow. That then got funding to be feature films. Wow. Just by getting a small budget, making a short film, and then somehow getting outside funding to make a feature film. And I was like, what are the odds of this? Two two short films coming at the same time. I'm sitting here sculpting effects for them. I'm meeting the directors. Right. I'm, like, asking him questions. I'm like, how did this How did this work? How'd you do this? And, you know, and then, and then seeing time after time of, you know, a filmmaker who puts a short on YouTube from the Lights Out short, you know, that director who did the Lights Out little two-minute thing, his wife, mm-hmm. little flicker of the light switch, the character popping on and off. And then he gets the attention, you know, that gets seen by, you know, James Wan or whoever, and then he gets, you know, Annabelle, which then leads him to Shazam, which then leads him to another huge Marvel movie, or the director of It, right? He did Mama as a short YouTube video. Yep. Which Guillermo saw, which led him to making Mama the movie. Yeah, I mean, same with
0: could... Troy Nixie, the guy who did, directed uh, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Oh, really? He, yeah, that, yeah he, another... he, did, he did a short, um, short film, and, and Guillermo hired him to got him the gig on Don't Be Afraid of the Dark.
1: Yeah, and then, and then just most the, the most recent one I saw was that Come Play. Did you see that? It's a great movie. Oh, was it? No, I didn't it's see like it. It's like a monster app. Same thing. Young kid put it up on YouTube and got the attention of Amblin. And uh, he was like sitting there going, yeah, next thing I know, I'm sitting next to Spielberg in an editing room. It was the craziest thing. <laughs> Amazing. I going, all right, so that's out there. You can do a short with no dialogue or – just to show that you have an, an idea and a story and a concept, and you can have the like you can have the passion and the drive to make it happen. You know, it can lead to things. Yeah. You know, if the right people see it, um, and it doesn't even matter if there's a million views or fourteen. You know, what like the, the, I, right. I, the views don't count. It's just who is who's that one person who sees it that sees potential in what mm-hmm.
0: you can do. Well, just what what matters is if it's good. Yeah. If 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 so, it's good, then it will it will get attention at some point. Yeah. You know? But
1: the fact that I made a joke of a pug video and that led to a toy and like a bunch of people right. making art, so I'm going, okay. Well, the next one I know will be better than that. So all I got to do is just keep on churning these these little things out that are in my head, and telling these stories that I got a million of. And if I could just make it happen, I, I got a really good feeling that at some, I mean, I don't, I don't even think it's like a if. It's just when, which video I do next will hit. Right. That will get me a job to where then the money thing isn't an issue. Right. Or or there's someone taking care of that part, and I can only focus on the story, and I don't have to sculpt everything anymore. I can hire sculptors who are way better than me to sculpt this stuff, you know? Right. So, I mean, that's what really is driving me now is that I I know it'll happen, but it's just it's 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 the hardest thing ever, because it's not like I could sit here with a ball of clay and I could make something. I have to show me making it and I have to work with people and I have to figure out what's the story I'm trying to tell and and what is it about. My life and my personality that I am trying to express in this in this piece of art, you know, because it's not like I could just do a little ho- like I mean just me as an artist I can't do just a little goofy whore thing like a thing under the bed, right? Mm-hmm. Everything I do is is something is is super personal, and it's like I'm I'm putting myself in my own therapy, right? Like every little thing is like oh I, I miss something I miss childhood I miss my dog I miss this in my life right. I'm creating that. And I'm visually putting it out there. So, I mean, everything I make is like the hardest thing to do and it's super frustrating and it's really difficult, but, um, I got a feeling this is going to work and and this jungle thing is a big one. Um, there's so many many aspects of just movies I love and things I've always wanted to see and just childhood being an adventurer and, you know, um, just, just, just all this stuff. And I know it's going to be like, if I can get what's in my head out, it's going to be amazing. Um, but it's, it's, it's trying to figure out the steps to do that. And just like, you know, this week I got to finish sculpting this. And while I'm sculpting that, I got to film while I'm sculpting that. And then that's just one aspect of this huge world I'm trying to build within 10 minutes. Um, it's, it's, so, it's super hard, but I, I, I think it'll work. I, I really think something will come from this, whether it's I sell it, or or I get hired to do something, or it's just people now want to buy shrunken little shrunken heads off my store, and I right. sell it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. If come from it, but I I think something, I think something pretty great will come. I'm not sure, but I'm I'm being really hopeful. I don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah. be talking about what I want to do, man. It's it's rough. It's, it's... <laughs> no. I think it's I think it. I mean, this is. I know I it's fun so many so many things that you're saying are, are like I've said this to myself I've felt this I remember twenty 20-ish years ago maybe a little less than twenty years when I was just starting when I was just go, starting off on this fine art thing I was like I kept saying i just I, I have this feeling I know I can do this I know I can yeah. make this work and at the in two thousand in two thousand you know, there was nowhere to sell dark art or do yes. make a living. It seemed impossible, but I just had the feeling. I just knew it. I knew it. I, I believed in yes. the work and I knew I could somehow make it happen. It was just like this feeling I had. And it's like I wasn't sure how I was going to get there, but I just kept following it. It's like you keep following it and it leads you on. It's like you, it gives you enough. Um, it, it shows you enough of – what's just in front of you to move a little bit forward and then you just keep moving forward. And then by the time you're, you know, 20 years later, you've got like this really weird life that works for you that you never could have predicted, but you know, it's, you just gotta, you gotta remain open to all these different possibilities because it could be so, it's so different. Like my life is so different than I, you know, and I thought, Oh, I'm going to be a fine artist. I, you know, it's way different than what I thought that meant, but I'm, still, it's great. It's just different yeah. because I yeah. just had to go, I just had to follow the way that the only way that was working and it kind of led me to be, you know, led me to all kinds of different things that are w- way cooler than I w- that I was expecting really. Yeah. You know, and
1: that's how I do everything. I always, I always just do like what feels like, Oh, this makes sense. This is a weird coincidence. I'm going to roll with this. Right. You know, and there's always those times, like after I finished Grunkle, I was in LA like it was, a, it was just a kind of a negative space that I was in in the life and just the work. And I was like, I didn't know what to do. Like nothing was really telling me what to do. I was like, this doesn't seem right. Right. And then, and then just like one day I was like, well, why am I here? Why don't I just go back? Don't I just go back home? And I was like, well, that makes sense. So I pack it up and move here. And then, you know, a little bit of time here where it's kind of like, all right, I'm here. It's kind of let's put the feelers out but I was just being open to like, all right, let's see what comes from here. And then like, just out of a weird coincidence, there's an FX shop down the street that is like open (laughs) to work there. And then I like, I meet a stop motion artist here who's like this young kid and he's like super positive. And I'm like, oh, now I have a stop motion animator out here. And then there's another artist on the same street and he's like, oh yeah, I went to school. I do storyboards and animatics. And I was like, that's weird. That's what I need. I was like, "What are the odds of all this crazy oh, yeah. stuff?" Going on? I was like, this is the weirdest thing. But this is what I was waiting to happen: is, is 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 something giving me direction on which way to go with my work, whether it's someone emailing, going, "Hey, i have this character that I do. I want to commission you to do this thing," or if it's just, "Here's the tools being handed to me. Here's the shop space being handed to me. What are you going to do with it?" Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's you know this is really this is like the the art i think this is the most important art there is which is the art of i i don't want to sound cliche and say the art of living but it's like (laughs) but it really is like being able to be flexible enough to follow these things and to be sensitive enough to feel the feelings and to have the notion and to feel like this isn't right, I need to be doing something else, and then getting yeah. a feeling i this is probably right for me, and then following that on blind faith, yeah, you know knowing how to navigate reality in that way, I think is like really what what is more important than anything because when you because then it's like you what I found is that you know uh but you know it's gonna get a little out there, but um. It's like you know it, it, again, again, it's it's getting into this all this spiritual magical stuff, but it's yeah, like right. re- <laughs> reality uh, reality wants to play with you, yeah, it, reality wants to play. it doesn't want to destroy you. it wants to play and it's like if you kind of extend your hand in that way, like, okay, I want to play, I want to play also, I want to play, I'm not a, I'm not gonna be afraid. I'm just going to you know I'm going to follow your lead and then all these you know it's the follow your bliss thing it's like follow your bliss the doors open up and it's like if you're willing to take those chances and uh, uh, again and be flexible and follow it's like it's that like guiding light it's like the art is your guiding light follow that thing and trust it and it will you know things will be presented to you and then you have to again like you're saying you'll be given the tools and the resources and things kind of unfold but it's like still you have to do the work you yeah. know what i mean
1: and then there's those times when you're like frustrated and you go oh when i wanted it to happen at that point i can see why it didn't happen cuz i wasn't ready for that exactly
0: to exactly Just as,
1: as who i am as a person totally. and where i am in my life and my mindset i would have i would have failed miserably if that happened at that time 100%. when i was age or whatever yeah so yeah. whether it's like a a weird spiritual universe thing, or if it's a religious thing, who knows? But there is, I mean, I've had way too many weird coincidences happen in my life, specifically just through my art where I was like, that's pretty freaking weird. Yeah.
0: Impossible.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's what makes it half. I mean, that's what gets me excited about doing the next project is I'm like, well, I don't know what's going to happen, you know? And I, (laughs) I just, I mean, I, I, I got, I got a good feeling about this jungle thing, you know, right now it's lining up and, um, you know, I'm, I'm with positive people that are, that are encouraging it to happen and helping it happen and working with me and stuff. And, um, you know, that's why, you know, I stress about the money and, but I, I think the YouTube thing will, will help with that crowdfunder, you know, maybe. That's why that video blew up. I don't know. Right. I mean, but for some strange reason, I now have a YouTube channel when I had no YouTube channel. You
0: With know, 175,000 subscribers. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so it's such it's a huge me. resource. You get like one percent of those people to to back your Kickstarter, and right. you're good.
1: Yeah. So I mean, because because before it was just an Instagram. I was just an Instagram dude, and that was it. And then TikTok. I mean, my TikTok, you know, that got pretty good. And then the YouTube thing, which I think is probably one of the harder ones to build up is just now yeah. I got, it. so I, I, I think it'll work. I don't know, but I mean, I mean, it's pretty, I mean, you could see the direction I'm headed, um, mm-hmm. that I'm trying to go towards, but I think it's going in a way to where it's not like, it's not going to happen because I can't come up with the money. I think it'll, I think the money thing's going to work out. That's why I'm really not trying to stress out about it too much. Cause I think, like, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And mm-hmm. then I'll make a thing. Yeah. And then I'll make the money after that somehow. Like, that's not going to not bring something back. Like, brack in return.
0: Yeah. Right. But, yeah. Hey, I, think, uh, I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen for you for sure.
1: We'll see. I'm just tired of making stuff and being broke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. Hey, I, I, I can relate, man. It's been, it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle
1: yeah but I don't know I like my little vegetable guy like I have a little short phone for him but he's just you know I love old Halloween I love antiques and I was like oh that's something no one's tapped into yeah and I have like my little tooth fairy babies those keep you know doing pretty well so I just keep cranking those out but um you know I got these like I got little shrunken heads made I got these little golden Puglu idols those are the jungle thing uh-huh. some Rip- Indiana Jones oh, that's so great. The- but it's a Puglu idol <laughs> I got like a hundred little mini ones for perks already to go. Um,
0: well, you know, how, how how old are you? Let me ask you. Do you mind? Uh, thirty. You're so young. You're so young. You're so like you're young. <laughs> I didn't start painting. I didn't start teaching myself to paint in oils until I was thirty three. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that holy yeah. cow. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, you know, you you it's. I got I got no you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. It's like for me it was like I was starting so late just starting so late yeah. in life. It's like I have to make this fucking work cuz I don't have that much, you know, I don't have as much time left as I used to start changing a career when you're, you know, after I was yeah. working in the business since I, just like you since I was a kid and then um up until, you know, I I left in 2000. So uh you got a bit of a, a jump on me there, so you're going to be totally fine, man.
1: Yeah, I think it'll work out. We'll see. <laughs> it's going to work <laughs> out. It's going to work out. You know it's going to work out. Yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty I'm – pretty, I'm not confident in my abilities, but I I, 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 I know my ideas are, are pretty awesome in yeah. my head. Mm-hmm. And I just know how fun it will be playing with puppets. Like that just sounds like so much fun. Yeah. Like I want to, I want to, if Jim Henson built a scary, dark, labyrinth style jungle, jungle movie, I want to, I want to see what that would have been. Yeah. Cause I bet if he did that would have been like mind blowing. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I, I can get pretty close. I can get, I can get you 10 minutes of that
0: is what I'm thinking I could do. Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be great. It's gonna be great. I'm excited. I'm excited to see all the stuff you're gonna do in the future.
1: Yeah, I just ordered. I got six six boxes of Wed coming. Excellent. For that, I got I got concept arts done. I got all these stupid Kickstarter perks uh, collecting dust. So it's getting there.
0: Well, uh, look look into the Patreon thing too, but
1: Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, That's a good idea. any I'm way sure.
0: I could make money. You can do it in conjunction with Kickstarters for sure. Okay, I'm telling you. Um, yeah, it's just like a little passive income.
1: That's what I need. Yeah. Because right now I got nothing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, when you do when you do uh, launch your Patreon or Kickstarter, definitely let me know. Okay, know, so we could promote it for you. That would be awesome. Yeah, of course. Well. I I mean uh, I think we're at about th- we still did let me see what are we at thirty uh, at the thirty six minutes forty three minutes uh, six it's, it's like uh, I don't even know how long that is is that an hour and a half thirty six forty eighty almost an hour and a half yeah almost. I don't know I just like we're way past the time I told you it would take but be- uh, so I'm. I, I'll I'll let you go, but uh, I I wish that we lost about twenty minutes in there, but right. it was mostly ranting about Patreon and 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 TikTok and YouTube and stuff. But, yeah. Um, true. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks for coming on, man. That was yeah, really good, you. really I'm, great conversation. I know. Th- What's that?
1: It's a good motivator for me.
0: Oh, good. Yeah. Well, I know that's what I was going to say. Is I think people are really going to be inspired by this episode, um, and and I and I think it's important that people openly talk about the struggles of being an artist because like, like you're saying, people saw your video with 14 million views and they're probably like, Oh, that dude's loaded. He's chilling. He's making whatever he wants. It's like, <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. Especially nowadays, yeah. fame does not necessarily mean money. You know, there's, it's, it's like, yeah. so, so it's cool to hear that, you know, you know, we're all basically struggling to some degree. Yeah.
1: And that's why I think too, showing how I make a video project step by step to show how freaking hard it is and what kind of corners and how you creatively have to make something with no money, you know? Like I see all these people going, here's, you know, like that Lights Out director, like he has a amazing YouTube channel where he goes, here's how I, how we make this short horror film with no money using mm-hmm. like light and a light and our camera. But I wanna go, Here's how you make a period jungle adventure with puppets with no money, and like, like in in the middle of Colorado, right? right. Something totally like well, that'll never happen, and like here's how you do it.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a it's it's a winning idea, man. I, yeah. I'm telling you, it's a, it's a great idea. It will be successful. Yeah. I mean, not just the prod, not just the film, but the the artifacts artifacts from that film all the little videos and the how-tos and stuff it's it's all a piece of the puzzle i'm sure and um
1: i get better at like setting up that stupid camera because i mean once you get in the mood to work you don't want to go all right let me get the gopro right you gotta have it
0: you you gotta have it ready to go man that's the trick because that's how i do it in my studio i've got like a a, like a, a camera set up for streaming or for doing time lapses and it's like I just basically hit a couple of buttons and I'm ready to go. It's like you got to take all the the, you that. you know, like the a... pain in the ass parts out of it. So you make it easier because you don't want to do it in the first place. So I'd know. love to just be like sculpting with a mic and I'm just
1: talking the whole time, rambling about the movie. You know, that'd be great. Right.
0: Oh, yeah. And it's like you're doing it anyway. Why not, you know, yeah. monetize good it, throw it up on YouTube. Is that GoPro that you're using? No, I got a, a DSLR um Like a t- uh, F- Canon Rebel. One of my patrons bought it for me. Just bought me We're a up. camera for streaming.
1: Because I tried. Rec- oh, it's so it's for streaming. Because I just have like a DSLR camera. And I hit record and like it stops after like every thirty minutes or something. You know, like it just
0: turns yeah, off. Yeah. Uh, oh. There's a time lapse mode on this one. Okay. And it only does a certain amount of time lapse, but it's usually more than you know i i just can tell when it, i just time i i remember when i was doing that i would set a timer off and when the timer would go off on my phone it's like oh the the camera's going to go off in a minute so i would just restart the time lapse thing or restart the video if it only has a certain amount of um okay recording capabilities but now i i i set it up for streaming and so it's connected to my computer And then I use the OBS software, which is like the streaming software, free streaming software, OBS. It's great. Everybody uses it. But you can also not, you know, so you can stream to YouTube, but you can also make um, videos. It it records your video. And the camera, I've done long videos, and the camera doesn't shut off because it's like, it's like, it's not doing anything except streaming the camera. But the the recording software is recording it. So you can try it that way, maybe. And you said OBS? OBS, yep. Okay, I'll look that up. Yeah, it's I just uh,
1: bought the I just bought the new GoPro, which I think it said it, it has streaming capabilities now. Excellent. So that might be a good idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you,
0: man. I hey, appreciate it. No problem. It. No problem. Well, thank you for oh. spending the time and uh chatting with me. Yeah, it's fun. Let's and, do it again. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I uh look forward to uh um Having you on again, maybe when you want to promote something or need some yeah, a push, yeah. love to talk to you again and not get interrupted by this crappy software I'm using. But um, so where what what's your what's your Instagram for people? Go, I'll put this in the description as well. But um, tell people your I'm Instagram cool. handle.
1: Follow you there. Well, I
0: wasn't following you on Instagram. <sighs> I'm so insulted. Sorry. Some fan you are. I don't pay attention to any of this. <laughs> stuff, right? I don't freaking know. Um, yeah, I'm just Creature Kid on everything. With a K.
1: Creature Kid with a K. Creature Kid YouTube. Creature Kid TikTok. That's a big one. TikTok.
0: Yeah. I, okay. Stick around.
1: Creature Kid whatever. Excellent. Creature, Creaturekid.com. You, are you on? You're on. You said you had a TikTok and then you and you
0: hated it. Yeah, I think my granddaughter's like post shit on there now i don't know it's like they're always using it that's why i hate it so much because they're watching these videos that are well, like, I was gonna say your page is just little girls now <laughs> <laughs> i have to go in there and delete those videos i don't even know what the hell they're doing on there. That's, awesome. <laughs> that's scary <laughs> so you can see yeah, i need to pay some attention to that all right anyway so uh don't don't hang up yet but um thanks for coming on and um Uh, Let's say goodbye to the audience. Goodbye, audience.
1: Goodbye,
0: everybody. Thank you for listening to me complain about everything.